0: Welcome back to the Resilience Key Podcast. My name is Steph Corbell, and I'm happy to be here with you today to explore yet another topic designed to help you develop your inner grit for personal growth. Thank you so much for listening today and if you haven't yet, go ahead, hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any of my future episodes. I release one each and every single Friday morning. So, I have been doing this podcast now for almost an entire year, which is so crazy to think about. This is episode number 46, and I'm coming up really soon on the one-year anniversary. Most of my friends well know this project is very close to my heart, and all of my friends have been super supportive of this journey into the podcasting world. And a few days ago, one of these amazing friends ran into my husband and told him, you know... I think maybe I should send Steph an email to tell her to follow her own advice. (laughs) And I laugh about this. It's so true. It is so much easier to give other people advice than it is to follow your own, let me tell you. And so many of these episodes, while they're meant ultimately to help you, I mean, that's the genuine why behind the podcast, they're also lessons I'm working on in my own personal life. This week's topic is definitely one of those major issues for me. I believe that all of us have patterns or tropes in our personal lives that we unconsciously live out to our detriment. All of us have our blind spots. All of us repeat certain behaviors over and over and over again without realizing in the moment that what we're doing isn't to our benefit. And then when these not-so-great things happen to us as a result, we tend to throw up our hands and often think that the universe is out to get us or that we're destined for failure. I mean, talk about identifying as a victim right there. It is so much easier to paint ourselves as the victim of an unfair universe than it is to look at what we're doing to cause ourselves problems and heartache. One of the most common patterns I've seen with my own personal life and in my own friends is this one. Have you ever said to someone after a perceived, unfair, unjust incident, I'm just too damn nice for my own good? Or... I'm so sick of being taken advantage of, or I do all these things for people, and what do I get in return? Nothing, but I'm just such an empath that I can't help it. Guilty as charged here. I think a lot of us repeat these phrases in these perceived actions. Again, it is so much easier to paint yourself as an overgiver, someone that others take advantage of, rather than looking at the specific why behind your actions that get you into situations in which you ultimately feel exploited or used. That is the point of this episode. Now, while I'm definitely not saying that at times we can be victimized as the result of bad blind luck, I am saying that we all have tendencies and patterns to walk into certain situations. We can be equally culpable in certain situations as the person taking advantage. And we're going to look now at these patterns and then some strategies that we can use to break out of them. The first step in breaking any pattern, in this case, the pattern of being overly nice, is being aware of what we're doing. So let's first take a look at what being too nice actually means. It's important to differentiate between being kind or simply having good manners and overextending. Being kind, having good manners, that simply means we treat everyone with respect. That's basically it. Being nice should really just equal having decent manners like your mama taught you, no more, no less. Overextending, on the other hand, means going out of your way to accommodate the needs of others while neglecting your own. That is a problem. That leads to resentment at best when the kindness or generosity or loyalty isn't reciprocated back to you. And at worst, it can lead to burnout because you're constantly giving and giving and giving and giving without taking care of yourself first. I commonly see three patterns with this overly, quote, nice behavior. So let's take a look at those, and then we'll go into some strategies that we can use to reverse them. Now, you may want to pause the podcast right now and grab a journal at this point. See which of these behavior types apply to you and take some notes. Pattern number one, you have a tendency to say yes to everything, meaning you overcommit. In my own life, oh my god, wow, I have seen this play out so many times in so many different contexts. In work, in my personal life, in volunteer work, in different organizations I'm part of, oh yeah. So, for example, in my past academic life, I would get asked to join committees and I never said no to anything. As a result, I ended up on a ton of extra committees beyond what was required by the college I taught at, And I would always have hours upon hours of these committee meetings every week, which meant that I would have less and less time to do the basics of teaching, like lecture or class prep or grading, which is what I was there to do. It was a huge problem for the whole six years that I taught full-time at the college level, I will be honest. In the personal context, in my past, anytime I got an invitation to dinner, to a party, to a wedding, even to a destination wedding... I would make it happen. Always. I I made the effort. I said yes to everything, which made my calendar beyond insane, meaning never a day off to myself. I told myself, I can't let people down. I, I can't make people upset by saying no. Do you ever find yourself doing something like that? A family invitation, for example, such as to a holiday event that you know is going to stress you out but you don't want to make anybody sad by not going even though you know it's not good for your mental health chances are we all have done some overcommitting and over yesing in our past pattern number 2 when stuff comes up that makes you upset you are silent something i am not proud of about myself i have a horrible temper like epically bad. But the reason it's so bad, when things come up in interpersonal relationships, whether it's at work or intimately, such as between friends, I let things slide over and over again, sometimes for years. And then at a certain point when I've had enough, I snap and boom, my temper's lost and the relationship as a result definitely gets severed. It is not a good pattern. I tell everyone, yeah, I've got the world's longest fuse, like it's some kind of virtue, but let me tell you, it is not. If you're someone like this, who doesn't confront things in the moment, it's not serving you. The repercussions of big blowouts are way worse than the discomfort you'll face immediately dealing with a conflict. Pattern number three, you're a martyr. Oh yeah, that's a big one here. My mother, God rest her soul, she fit this archetype. She was the type to put herself out there to do something for everyone. Any great niece or nephew or distant fourth cousin, hey, she'd put a card and a gift in the mail for their birthday. And then she'd get super upset if she didn't get a thank you or some kind of recognition. But the thing is, people get busy with their own lives, and if they're not martyr-ish, overgiving types themselves... It's not personal, they just might not respond. They're, they're simply busy and wrapped up and may not have the time to go overboard with effusive gratitude. Another example, maybe you're someone who lends money or resources to friends or anyone in need. And then when you don't get, quote, paid back, you feel taken advantage of. That one is super common. I've seen it over and over again with close friends, especially friends who may not have that much money or resources themselves. And then they end up giving away what little they have to others, not getting anything in return, and then ending up in these crap situations feeling like a victim as a result. Can you see yourself in any of these three patterns? Chances are we're all a combination of all of the above. So what do we do? The first step is always to identify the pattern, and if you can see it, you're already half of the way there to making a big change in your life. Now, let's look at ways we can undo some of these patterns. Method number one, if you're the over yes type, use the intervention of a pause before giving someone an answer to an invitation or a request. Say to them, hey, let me sleep on it and I'll get back to you. Let me send you an email or a text tomorrow with my answer. Then take a bit of time and think about what you're being asked to do. Do you really have the time in your schedule? Is this something you're even interested in? Is there any potential benefit to you that outweighs the commitment time? And furthermore, ask why you would want to do this certain activity. If someone isn't willing to give you a little space and latitude in giving you the time to think about your answer, That right there is a red flag that it's likely not a great situation you're walking into. Give yourself permission to take time, to analyze actions and potential reactions, and to say no if things don't work for you. Method number two. If you're the silent type like me who doesn't speak up for yourself immediately, you're typically giving yourself too much of a pause. Something you may want to try. If the way someone treats you makes you feel ill at ease, do some journaling early in the morning or late at night about that situation. What's happening? How do you feel? Do you feel uneasy or attacked or bad about yourself? If so, write it down clearly. Then maybe in a day or two, say to the person in question, hey, you know, something happened the other day that I need some clarity on bring up the incident or the question or the statement or whatever it was that they said and ask what their intention really was. Oh, you know, I bet you really didn't mean this, but this is how I felt. And if this is a good person with good motivations, they're going to clear stuff up with you right away. But if not, you're going to immediately know. And in that case, move on. You will have your answer and you're going to avoid a big blowout In your future. Method number three, if you're the martyr type, chances are you need to work on your sense of self worth. And that is a biggie far beyond this one little episode. Personally, I think that lack of self worth accounts for most of our internal traumas and conflicts. Martyr types typically have been true victims in their own past. So they use this over generosity as a way of making up for what has happened to them. They try to cushion the blows for others so that they don't experience the same traumas that they did. They have a tendency to project. They do things for others that no one ever did for them. But here's the thing if you're a martyr. Nothing you do for someone else is ever going to take away a past hurt of your own. Nothing you can do for someone else is ever going to prove that you're worthy. What will do that? Time alone. Working through your own issues, your own deep insecurities, and your need to be externally validated. And that often is only done through professional therapy, especially if it's a serious trauma, say from your childhood. I've said it before, and I will say it over and over again I think everyone should try therapy at some point in their lives. There is zero shame in doing so. All a therapist does is help you identify your own patterns. It ends up being up to you to work on them. And in time, this is something we all can do. Now, do you see yourself in any of these patterns? Are you going to try out any of these antidotes? And if so, let me know what you think or do. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can reach out to me through my website at stephcorbell.com or on my Instagram page at stephcorbell. That's C-O-R-B-E-L-L. Thank you so much again for listening today. And remember, hit that subscribe button. Also, consider sharing this episode out on your social media to help me reach more listeners. Until next week, remember that you're more resilient than you realize, and you're stronger than you know.